Welcome to the Sharing the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we look for inspiration on the journey to discover what matters most. I'm Win Leon, and in this episode, I'm with my co-host, Vicki Atkinson, and we turn the microphone over to our colleague, Brian Hannon, and he interviews us. Brian, an accomplished writer and author, started his career as a newspaper reporter and uses those skills to uncover how Vicki and I came to write family memoirs. Brian digs in to how the two of us started our projects to write personal narratives, even though neither of us had jobs as professional writers. In talking about our impetus to write, we uncover the many similarities between our narratives. Both of us were writing to uncover secrets, Vicki to find out what her mother was working so hard to hide, and I was trying to figure out what combination made my dad twinkle. Brian asks us to expand on the difficult part about writing about families as we navigate the territory to put pen to paper about our individual experience and perspective amidst the interwoven stories of family. We shed some tears talking about our dearly departed and recognizing that people want to be remembered and how answering the call to write helps to not only make sure that they are remembered, but also to pass along the best parts of those that have gone before us. Brian gets Vicki and me to expand on the trepidation that comes with showing others what we've written, especially others that have a part in the story. We circle back to knowing our motivation for writing to keep us steady through the process. This is a great episode about how to approach writing a personal narrative when you're called to do it and navigating all that comes with it. I know you'll love it. Brian. Hey there. How are you? We're good. Vicki and I are so excited to be talking to you again on the podcast. Also, we're a little bit nervous. Vicki, is this right? We're a little bit nervous because we're turning over the microphone to, to Brian and he's uh, yeah, using his reporting skills on us. <laughs> we are. We are. We are surrendering the helm, right, to our, our writer, <laughs> blogger, podcasting friend, Brian Hannon. It's a Brian takeover. There we go. I got there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the places we're gonna go today! <laughs> I hope well, you guys are ready. And Brian, for people that may not know, like the connection that Win and I have to you, how do we know you? Right? Where did you come from, our friend? Right? I have a blog called Writing from the Heart with Brian. I've been uh, a blogger for I guess eight years, something like that, mm-hmm. and uh, have have started work with you guys. What? Since the start of the year? Yeah. (laughs) Exciting. Exciting. It is exciting. It's been so fun. I think just to have the group of us has been such a joy. To work in community and build a community is really, really fun. Yeah, and we do have a common denominator. We have heart in common, right? The name of yours (laughs) and heart of the matter. It's all that common denominator goodness. Well, and, and I, I mean, uh, that really, I think, goes to, you know, the, the, the topic today. Um, you know, I, I think one of the things that I try to do is write with a certain amount of heart and emotion. And I think you both, both of you guys have, well, as well as your books. And, and my suggestion to you was to talk a little bit about how, how that came about. You know, so one of the things I think is really neat is when, 
you know, like I, I, I grew up in a reporting or, or a writing background. Both of you, both of you have not. <laughs> and I, I basically, if you could maybe just introduce the book a little bit, you know, each of your books, and, and just talk about how that started. How did, how did the idea of writing a book come about for you? Mm. This is where Wynn and I play rock, paper, scissors, right? You or me, Wynn. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And I just crushed crushed your scissors, so you just go ahead. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, I I love your question because I think we're so intrigued by ideas. I think people that write or podcast or blog – you know, ideas stick with us. And sometimes it comes from family stuff, you know, on the inside out. And sometimes it's everyday observations or things that you have said recently, Brian, about sometimes we write to work out our own stuff, right? But I think, you know, for me, writing Surviving Sue was a testament to the fact that I did um, survive Survive Sue, Sue. my mom. Um, But I also think, you know, um, as much as I took a lot of notes and had a lot of memories and uh, stories about my own recovery journey, I think in some ways, if if I hadn't had that specific question, inquiry from our daughter, who saw a lot of things play out and, and wondered if she was putting the pieces together the right way, it wasn't until after my mom, her nanny, grandma passed away that she said, you know, mom, sometime will you, will you write it all down? Because she really wanted to understand it and knew as a child experiencing things that were complicated and confusing that I was withholding. And she said, Mm -hmm. I think I'm ready. Will you write it? And I, you know, I've wondered sometimes if she hadn't asked, I don't know. I, I may have, have let some things just sort of be part of my experience and stop there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But you know what I love about that is that it's sort of a victory. Yeah. It's a celebration of surviving Sue, which, it, as yeah. you said, so yeah. aptly in the title, um, and passing that gift of this is not only how you survive, but how you thrive when um, there are tough family stories. This is how you pass on intergenerational healing. Yeah, those happy endings to your book are are just beautiful. Those notes, yeah, yeah. and it's it was a thread that she brought forward when I had written maybe the first few thousand words, and I I gave you know the content to her, and I was like, you know, read it, let me know what you think, and she disappeared for a couple of hours, and came back, you know, with tears in her eyes, and said, I need more, I need more, mm-hmm. and then she started wow. talking, you know, as as a late 20 something using language that I was familiar with from my therapy background, but I hadn't heard it from my daughter. She started using the phrase that Wynn's referring to about intergenerational healing. And I was like, oh, okay. I think I found my footing. I need Mm -hmm. to do this, not just for my daughter, but maybe for some greater good, which it takes a lot of ego, you know, to say Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, well, and my daughter, you know, sweet Delaney would have told me if it was crapola, I would have, I would have known it. I would have seen it on her face, right? But but Wynn's right. Some of it is uh, telling a healing story because there it there is a lot of intensity to it. But on the other side, it's telling the story about a woman who had a lot of facets and wasn't in, entirely heinous and horrible, but there were genuine good qualities about her as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
True. How about, how about you, Wynn, as well, uh, from from finding my father's faith? I mean, what, yeah. was it this a, a little bit of a different story? Was it that idea of sharing with others as well, or or, or was it? Hey, I, I know I have a book in me. Yeah. I mean, where did it come? No, from? I I didn't. That's such a good question. No, I didn't know that I had a book in me. However, I started, and this was long before I had kids. Like, if I heard the song "Circle of Life." from the Lion King, I would start crying because I knew that my circle of life, I somehow had this sense that my dad wasn't, well, obviously my dad wasn't going to be with me forever, but that I needed to capture his lessons. And if to meet my dad was, you just, he sparkled. I mean, he just had this joy about him and this glint in his eye. And it was I can tell you, I lived, he died when I was 46, I 45. I he had that for 45 years. You can't fake that. And Gosh, no. I needed to know where did you get that? You know, you grow up with it and you think, well, this is just how it is. And and this is where it's really similar to Vicky's story. She grows up with her mom. That's just how parents are. I grew yeah. up with my dad. That's just how parents are. And then at some point you have to figure out how did you get that? And, and yep. you know, Vicky comes at it from one direction. I come at from it from the other. Yeah. But it was like, is that a good attitude for with my dad? Is that a good yeah. attitude? Is it mm-hmm. faith? Is mm-hmm. it is it personality? What mm-hmm. is it that makes you? Um, and I described this. I, we used to you know like do home improvement projects, and we'd go to the hardware mm-hmm. store together. Yeah, yeah. And I and my dad walked fast, and he made fast decisions, and he talked to everybody, and I would just float along in his wake. It was like surfing. I would just get to, and that all this goodness would come in on me. And I would just, just because that's just how he rolled. And he could do it with just about anyone. We came back from a Sounders game one night, a Seattle Sounders soccer game. And we're on the bus. My dad's talking up the homeless guy next to him. I mean, we're not talking. He didn't talk religion or Jesus or anything. Wow. He just loved people yeah. and he just be after a while was like how do you do that yeah. how do you not get exhausted by the myriads of people that you've seen in your life and how do you t- twinkle and sparkle and leave everybody feeling better in your wake I want to mm. know that <laughs> I, I wish I knew I wish I had that answer <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, I think your devotion to spending time with him and all the recordings yeah. that you did, I mean, you you yeah. weren't, it wasn't just a curiosity, you were like, you became Brian, the investigative reporter going, I need to go deep, I need to dig in, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, and as part of that, I uncovered my own secrets, which was we and our family didn't talk about religion or faith, mm-hmm. because it was too, we, we had, our, we thought our beliefs differed too much it was going to be contentious and uh, you know my dad of course didn't make anything contentious um, but it just was that uncovering again of of things not spoken that provided a lot of healing for for both my dad and I so again that, that that's the why one of the reasons why I thought talking to you, both of you about your books, but about the writing would be so fascinating because again, I, you know, coming from uh, a field where there are so many writers, you know, we don't always think of, you know, we don't take it to the next step where, where, where you guys did have, 
And I, I guess one of the things that I'm wondering is what's been the best part of the process? What, what, what were you surprised? Like, wow, this is really, I'm really enjoying it was, you know, and, and enjoyment I'm using very broadly because in one hand, Vicki, I can imagine that, that sitting down and getting some of that weight off your shoulders had to be freeing. And, and when at the same time that, that like, as you start to dive in and, you know, you know, just learning more about your father, that had to be enjoying from enjoyment from a different kind of perspective yep. as well. Can, can you guys speak to that? You know, I would say it's funny that you say that question, Brian. It's so insightful and it changes over time. You know, at yeah. the time that I did it, mm -hmm. I loved paying attention to my father, who was so good at paying attention to other people that he yeah. rarely let the tables get turned. I mean, he, he just he could, mm -hmm. you know, he would just throw it back at you. You know, he yeah. would, you pay him a compliment and, and he would he would pass it on. But to turn the tables and say, hey, will you tell me your story? That was my enjoyment at the time. Yep. Yep. And now, eight years later, I'm still figuring out what my book is about, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> I get that. That's it, fascinating. It, 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 as I change, yeah. I realized that writing about him was one of the things that embedded him more deeply in me. Yeah. yeah. So that yeah. when I see things in myself that my father would have done, especially mm -hmm. as I'm parenting, I'm just even more tickled because <laughs> I wrote about the, this person that I honored and loved. Yeah. And I did it in the nine months after he died. Yeah. And it was my love letter to him. And it and it continues to be my love letter to him in the way that I live. Mm -hmm. So there was this, you know shining light on him when he was alive there was the memorializing him after he passed and now mm -hmm. it's the living my dad now oh my gosh that's so beautiful how about you Vicki what, what was what's been the most you know the, the what, what's been the, the most enjoyment or what, what did you not expect from the writing that, that you were really surprised to see yeah, you know, it, it's funny, despite the heavy parts and what I wrote about my mom's life, for me, it's it's a triumph tale. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, my mom had a lot of dimensions to her and she was a very giving, loving, generous, you know, advocate and, and ally and champion, especially for um, disabled and, and diverse communities. So I think, you know, it was important to me to write her with balance but I think, you know, I've caught some readers off guard because I didn't hold back about some of the horrific things that she did because she was fueled by, you know, secret keeping and addiction and, you know, issues that she didn't work out from her own childhood. So I think I am surprised still, um, kind of, you know, as Wynne said, that we we see our work in, in different ways through readers' eyes. Yeah. I'm still surprised and I'm, I'm keeping a list of these things that are so interesting that people have asked because there are, are threads, I think, that people pull out that they connect with, whether it's, you know, the alcoholism or the mental health or her advocacy or I had a, a reader the other day talk about uh, the very brief story I told about my uncle on the Vietnam War 
Um, or my sister's friend, Michael, who was subjected as a human subjects experiment, mm-hmm. you know, um, sort of, you know, guardian of the state in the 50s. It's, it's fascinating to me to see. I'm so glad I included all of those pieces that at the time when I was writing, I thought, is this a detour? Yeah. And and does it have meaning? And now I get filled up pretty regularly with questions or comments from people about the nuances that I included. Mm-hmm. So I think the the best part for me is being able to to try and tell a balanced story about a woman's life and what it was like to be in her orbit in a way that isn't just one dimensional. Uh, there were yeah. a couple of people that saw the title, saw the synopsis, and when has heard me say this, who were like, oh, no, 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 not another, like, I'm glad my mom died, you know, and, and no yeah. mama drama trauma story, right? And and I don't see it that way. I think my mom yeah. lived a remarkable life. But I think the best part for me has been giving birth to this thing that that people will take away bits and pieces, and I have no control over that. And I've, I've had to learn to just let some of that go. And what, what's fascinating for me is to hear you guys talk. So as, as a blogger, as a writer, I, I get that like sometimes I, I put something out there and, and it's going to go out into the web verse. And, and, you know, I, you know, I generally I can, ex- I can see where the different comments or questions are going to come, yeah. but to see that in book form and 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 to hear you guys talk is it, again it takes a new life and it, for yeah. me that's really fascinating to to see how that that that's been for you. I, I guess that that does lead naturally. I ask, what's the best part? <laughs> of course, I'm going to get to what's the toughest or what's yeah. the what, what was the the toughest part of this process. And again, I, I, I've heard a lot of different things from, from, from people who've talked about, uh, for, from book writers talking about, and the marketing can be a little challenging, the, you know, just putting yourself out there, um, you know, even just, the, you know, writing, you know, getting stuck and overcoming writer's block and as well as trying to manage, you know, yeah. the rest of life. What what was that for you guys? How how did that look or how would you answer that? I think that the marketing is definitely hard. It's hard yeah. to feel like you're, I mean, it, especially with memoir, you're writing a story about yourself. Yeah. And why would anybody else be interested? <laughs> it, it's, it's, you know, no. how, am I, how can I talk up this thing that I created without oh. talking, feeling it? Like I am talking myself up. And yeah. even though I would say on my best days that I know that this was a, this was a book that I had to write. I was inspired and pushed to write it by a force that was bigger than myself. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I wouldn't really even give myself quality uh, credit for writing it. I mean, obviously I wrote it, but it it's an inspired piece that came from, you know, who, who my dad was and. And but still, that talking about it is is uncomfortable sometimes. Um, and co- uncomfortable, but still, like you, the way you were t- just talking about your father, we all want to meet and be around people yes, like that. Yeah. Okay, so that's a funny story because I went on a date with a guy about six months after I wrote the book, and we just just one walk around the little lake near where I live and I was telling him about writing the book and about my dad's gleam and glow 
And you know, we had three miles, and and we were talking about other things, but we, you know, yeah. I mentioned that, and we get back to our cars, and I've just finished telling him about my dad, and he goes, "So I'm not going to read the book. So just tell me what the secret is." <laughs> no. And I'm like, no. "Well, the secret is we're not ever going out again." <laughs> exactly. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Win, give me the Cliff Notes version, right? Is no. that still a thing, right? Give me the Spark Notes, just yeah. Oh. <laughs> Come on, yeah. yeah, a little bit of tech. I mean, hey, what's the C? You know, say it a little nicer. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Come on, yeah, <laughs> but it was a really good tell. I mean, if if you You're had right. to learn that lesson, great that yeah. he, you know threw that out what he did I know. <laughs> well I think you're right I think the the promo stuff is the hardest and I think you know before I started writing my my friend Bruce asked me the question how comfortable will you be Vicky talking about it and I boldly because I like people and this is what I do and you know for listeners I'm like throwing my shoulders back and sitting up straight as I say this I was like <laughs> yeah I can do that. You know, I do presentations. I've gone to conferences. I've got a teaching background. I had no idea, you know, what it was going to be like to, you know, like stoke that, that, you know, sort of furnace of confidence, you know, and reach out to people in sometimes like a cold calling kind of way, you know, and network with contacts and all of that and, and not overly apologize for it, which is something I tend to do. But I would say when is right on, I think that part's really hard. And I think the other part that was really hard that I had to let go along the way, and I found some really good resources about memoir writing that helped me, but I had to remind myself that I was telling the story from my point of view. And, you know, for days when I would sit down and go, you know, I'd have the ghost with me, living, not living, mm -hmm. but all the different perspectives on things that I wrote about and what would this person think and what would that person think? And you you can't invite a team in with you when you're writing. It's you and your keyboard or your, you know, implement of choice, but you need to kind of shut the door and tell everyone else to kind of, you know, stay away. I don't need you right now. And that was hard for me because I wanted to be honest and truthful and, you know, not angry as I wrote. But I think that part is is really hard, how to hit that right note so that you're not unintentionally skewing something in a way where it, it doesn't ring true in a, a self-serving kind of way. Does that make sense? It, it does. And God bless you, Vicki. You, you, you set me up perfectly here. Oh, yay. <laughs> I had no that, idea. Because it is fascinating about how you uh, sort of block others out until at least until the writing's done. But I, and one of my questions as I've written memoir is how do you draw on those past events? How do you, you know, I, I've written about yeah. memories or things that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. And how do you recall those with, you know, passion and detail? Um, and, 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 you know, being honest and being truthful. Both of you have events like that in your book. How, how do you, in your books, how, do, how did you ever think about that? How did you bring that, those memories to life uh, so that you could write about them in, in, a, in, a, in a great way? Well, when I can jump in, because it's kind of a thread from what I was saying about mm -hmm. all those other, you know, the ghostly apparitions, the people hanging out. I think... Yes. 
Yeah, and folks who have this as, as part of their background, and I know it's a big thing for me to say this because it's me and it's not everyone, but I'm not the only one that grew up with an alcoholic parent. And yeah. so there are some characteristics, you know, that sort of become ingrained in childhood that intensify, I think, into adulthood. And one of those for me as a self-protect mechanism was sort of a compulsiveness about note-taking um, and writing and keeping track of things because I often felt like I was the responsible adult in the household. I had to take responsibility for my sister who was older, but behaviorally was really younger. So I think I had the benefit because I was so hypervigilant all the time. I was remembering names and details and people and places because I didn't trust my mom to make sure that we were gonna be okay. And I think I kept journals and notes, um, but I think that process of kind of becoming a, a hypervigilant note taker in my life, sometimes I don't even need the notes. I can capture things um, on an emotional level with details. So when I sat down to write, it was very easy for me to write about certain scenarios because I could, and some of it is meditative practice helping me through the recovery. I could, and I know this sounds a little woo-woo crazy, but I could do a little, little, little bit of channeling to get myself back in the moment. And sometimes it was painful and I needed to do a lot of self-care, but but I, I think when you're writing about incidents and, and situations and people have said, how did you do that with such richness? It's because I could take myself back. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting about that note taking and, and tracking it all the way back yep. to why you did it. That's fascinating. Yeah. And it sounds a little nutty now but it's it's also who I am when and I joke about yeah. even as the three of us are talking my head is down taking notes because I want to capture and preserve goodness but the dark side not related to our conversation but the dark side is I want to capture moments that sometimes unravel mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I want to be the accurate reporter about things and Lord knows that helped me you know in counseling practice you know and from a therapy point of view but yeah, but I think that's a great question because how mm -hmm. do you do it? But when you approached things because you had um, such meaningful memories about different moments and time periods with your dad, but you also yeah. did something that Brian and I are like so curious about because you actually recorded things, right? Yeah. I, I did. Yeah. You know, and and sitting down and talking to my dad is was just so much fun to just ask him questions and and get his answers and and, and do sort of the reporter thing as yeah. a novice that Brian's yeah. doing to us now. Um, and, we, you know, we just spend our Saturdays doing it. And it was so much fun. And I would get him to tell me my favorite stories. I have one that's recorded. He tells, talks about Seafair, which is a big um, summertime ritual in Seattle. And then, I, so I had the recordings and I could go back and I transcribed oh. them all, which was wonderful. And after he died, the person that followed him as a senior pastor for the, the last church that my dad was the pastor of, I took snippets that I thought were most relevant to him. And my dad yeah. was this guy's mentor and I delivered him, you know, a thumb drive. And I'm like, look, you don't, you don't have to listen to any of this or all Gosh. of this, but this is the part. And, you know, I, when I run into him, he says that sometimes when things are tough oh. professionally, oh. he just, Spins it up and listens to my dad's voice, mm -hmm. and wow. I understand that because it just is super fun. 
Well, that, uh, just the voice to have that mm-hmm. voice to, yeah. I'm sure that brings so much uh, yeah. detail it, to the front, to the forefront. Yeah. That, that's, that's amazing. That, that's, yeah. that's really, that, that's a gift. Um, and, and a gift as well for your, for your children too. Yeah. I, I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. I, I, what, at what point did you start to share your manu- manuscript with family and friends or anyone? And, and were, were you surprised by anyone's reaction? Was it, yeah, because again, it's this baby that you delivered. <laughs> you put a lot of heart and soul. I know that I was very, you know, so I, I haven't finished my, my novel, but I remember sharing, you know, early part with someone and I was like, <laughs> can I trust you? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and uh, what well, you know, and you mentioned about re- you're, you're on the lake with uh, the guy. You know, like when they didn't read it, I, I was offended. Like, wait yeah. a minute, I, <laughs> I gave you my my baby, and you haven't done anything. How, how was it for you when when you actually had that manuscript? Yeah, I I think. You know, I was careful because I've written about my mom's sisters and cloaked their names because they're still alive. And I, I'm pretty sure they would have a self, self-protect self mechanism, you know, in place um, because they were implicated in some ways. And I, I gave it a light touch. So as much as, as I would have loved for them to have read it from the day my mom passed away, they've not been in touch. And I think the thing that hurts me about that the most is that they they cut themselves off from Lisa which has been so, so, so difficult. You're my sweet disabled sister. So I think, you know, of those that are still alive, but still I I wanted to be honorable, you know, about treating um, how they were part of Sue's story. But I had um, a cousin that was very close to my dad as if he was a son. And I've written about him a little bit um, as well. And, And Dan, I had no idea back in December that he was dying and, you know, I had a, a Zoom call with him and he had, you know, this serious look on his face. And as we talked, he shared his diagnosis and that his time was short. And he asked what I was writing because he had, you know, um, a bit of a writing career himself. And I was terrified, Brian, you know, to tell him what I was doing. And he could see it on my face that I was withholding something. And, you know, as we talked, I, I took a huge leap of faith, sent him the manuscript. And the thing that I was worried most about was that he might might say I got it wrong or that I wasn't fair or that it was mean-spirited in some way. And what I got back from him um, was anything but that. It was, you know, terrible, tearful Zoom meetings. There were a box of tissues. Um, but not only did he lift me up um, about the quality of the writing and how compelling the story is and the importance of of bringing the the people, the characters forward. But he told me about things that confirmed suspicions, you know, and at that point, you know, the story of Sue, surviving Sue was already written. But he, before he passed away, he gave me enough information that if I want to write a part two, there's a part two. Because he carried for years secrets that he saw filtered through my dad's eyes that I had no access to. Um, so I think that it was such a, a gift, but I'm, I will be honest, I'm still nervous that there could be someone from my mom's distant past, you know, that might, might come forward or I have two half sisters I have never met. Um, yep. right. And, and so could there be some ghosts out there that might not like the treatment, 
you know, of Sue's story, but. It's but, your story, though. Yeah, but it's stuff that you carry forward, you know, just yeah. a little bit, not in, in a, a a way where it's it's too heavy or burdensome now. But I remember, I think uh, one of the things that um, you had hinted at in a question was what what was it like when the book existed? Right. And, and you, we had it in our hands for the first yeah. time. I was terrified. I was like, oh, oh, good, good grief. It's a thing. It's a thing that other people can see and I'm exposed and I'm vulnerable. Yeah. But yeah, but I think getting people to read it and then giving me that gift, I'm, I'm glad that I wrote because I had a reason for Dan to tell me a lot of things that I, I would, he, I don't think he would ever have shared because they were yeah. very hurtful about my mom. Mm -hmm. And it was tawdry. And he, he would have taken those things to his grave, literally. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What a gift. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Yeah. You know, on my side, I have a sister who, when I gave her the, the first part of the book, she said, I don't want to be in this at all. Yep. I, I don't want and And she had, again, it was right after my dad's passing. She had her own issues of resolving, you know, her relationship with my dear father yeah. And how she felt about him. Uh, and she was in conflict with my brother. And what I understand now that she didn't say at the time uh, was that she didn't want to be in it because she doesn't like how my brother's portrayed in it, which I, I, to me it seems beside the point. It's not about either of them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you know, again, it's it's telling my <laughs> part of the story, and I've I've done the best that I can. Yep. But on the flip side of that, I shared it with my dad early on. Obviously, I didn't really write it in the form that it's in now until after he passed. But I, you know, I'd done the recordings, and I, you know, tried to put some some form to it, and I'd shared yep. it with him. And he wrote me an email. And and if there's ever a moment that I doubt if I have should have written this, I think back to this email. And it said something like this. Thank you so much, dear Wynn, for even thinking of doing this, let alone giving it such a good start. You know what this reminds me of? How when you were little, I would hold you close, face to face, knock on your forehead and ask if anyone is home. And we'd laugh and laugh together. The picture of the two of us doing it, that we blew up in that pose, always made me feel that closeness all over again. And this project of yours does that same thing. Oh my goodness. <laughs> not oh a dry eye here, people. Man. Not a dry eye, right? Oh my gosh. Okay. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, they say that you write a book for one person and there's no <laughs> doubt. I wrote this book for my dear dad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's not about religion or, I mean, it, it, faith is in the title. It is about spirituality and religion, but it is about that closeness. It's about adoring um, a parent and their goodness and writing yep. a love letter uh, after they've passed. And I had the absolute gift of getting those words before I ever really finish the project oh, that's amazing that is such a amazing story and and really the love of a father and a daughter i mean that, that that's very talent very uh 
again, I'm getting choked up just thinking yeah. about it. Because you Dude, don't often you don't have that explicit exchange. You know, we mm-hmm. say I love you to our kids and our parents all the time, but you don't have that explicit exchange of of yeah. being able to say thank you for honoring me before yes. they pass. Oftentimes we don't we miss that opportunity, right? Yeah. Yeah. You you, you think it's going to be there, but I mean, you don't know, yeah. and, and right. oftentimes you, you don't have that. My my closing question. So really, are two two uh, dual dual, uh, dual questions. Do you consider yourself a writer now? <laughs> and what's next? What 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 sequels or continuations or new books or new projects do you see or see coming in the future? Hmm. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm still to put pressure. Maybe I have you. to answer that. I'm still crying. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and I am too. I'm I'm you know yeah. I'm I'm thinking about so I'm I'm gonna piggyback on Wynn's reply and answer your question. How about that? You trust me, Brian? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know I think the thing I love about what Wynn just said is that you know probably your dad's greatest wish when is the same you know the the thing that we all want is to be remembered and what i think about you know writing about my mom you know her her urn and my dad's urn are in the same cabinet and you know i greet them every morning eventually they want to be buried together you know in a plot that's already picked out in their hometown but I, I greet them every morning. And in some ways, writing about Sue, the most difficult person in my life, has love letter connotations too. Because despite everything that she struggled with, I feel like I was able to do that looking back with as much grace as I could muster and see that that I was along for the ride with her. Um, but as much as as some people have said, oh, but you know, you were the target of so much crazy. You know, I know I was, but I also know it wasn't about me. So your question, Brian, about what's next, I feel like when you you get to that place, and I'm sure this is what musicians and artists, you know, and people who've really held uh, the identity of writer close, you know throughout their lives. You know, I feel like I'm just coming to it now, even though I wrote a textbook before and a dissertation. I feel like I wouldn't know how to do what comes next if there isn't a greater good. So, you know, what what is the lifting up? You know, what's the story that has meaning or power? Because in the end, I think everyone wants a legacy. Dick Leon wants to be remembered. And when's doing that, you know, as we're, you know, talking about you today, we'll look back on this as the podcast where the three amigos all cried. <laughs> but I promise everyone we're okay. But it's it's moving and it's powerful because it is it goes back to what you said, Brian. It's why we write because it it is ingrained in us and yet i would bet the three of us even you brian wouldn't wouldn't say oh you know my ident- identity is writer it's a piece of who we are 
Um, yep. Yeah, but right before we started recording this, the lovely and amazing Julia Preston, one of our fellow writer friends, sent me a message and she read something that I, I wrote yesterday. And uh, it was about Lisa, Sister Lisa, loving Lisa, and then a colon and something in the title. And she said, aha, there's book number two, Surviving Sue, part one, part two, loving Lisa. And I was like, you know, it's it's a beautiful thing when we get feedback from people that are doing that deep read, you know, the close listening of, of what matters to us. So that was my long-winded, I don't know. But as I talk myself through that, everyone, I stop sniffling. Yay. <laughs> Yay. But it, we write because it matters and we're moved. Yeah, that's true. You have to write that now. She gave me the book title. <laughs> she gave you the book title. Yeah, I guess so. And that's and that's how we create a lasting legacy, you know, and, and I, I know, Brian, you've thought about, you know, your family and more than just novel writing, but memoir writing. So maybe it's a unique thing to those of us who write about family. But as crazy as my mom was, I like the idea of her story living on forever. You know, she she wasn't a, a champion in the community and the, you know, talented, you know, intellect that Wynn's father was. But her story was compelling in other ways, as is everyone's. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You know, what's interesting is after I finished writing Finding My Father's Face, the title of the next thing that I wrote, that I came up with yeah. was A Legacy of Love. And that was based on the people who knew my dad, who read the book and their feedback. However, I've never known what that book was until mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. And I was telling Vicki about this. I was sitting down with my son's preschool teacher. And I asked her, well, you know, we, we're having the parent-teacher conference. And she's watched my family. She's watched our interactions. She's watched when I have jumped in to help yeah. at, at parties and things. And, you know, that I seem to have plenty of energy, even though I'm doing this by myself as a single parent. Yeah. And so I asked her a question. I said, well, you know, if you were my son's parent, what would you, what would you be focusing on? Uh, you know, let me pick your wisdom, just sort of this mm -hmm. wide open question. And she said, okay, I'll answer your question if you'll answer a question for me. I said, sure. Sure. So she gave me her answer. And then she said, okay, so then you share some of your wisdom. And I, you know, kind of, smirked like I'm doing right now and I was like well what do you mean um and she goes tell me how you got here and I told her a little bit of the backstory the the being married and not wanting to have kids and then everything falling apart and then realizing that I was, yeah. wasn't gonna have enough time to to date and to do this on my own and I'd say and I and I finally got to this what I told her was it is a fascinating thing the power of choice and I chose to have these two kids and I chose to live this life and I chose not to have just one I chose to have two and I chose it in a way that I know that I chose it and whenever I am tired or exhausted or don't feel like I have anything left or or I'm frustrated I come back to the power of choice and I and it gives me energy and fuel every time because I chose this and I'm so 
lucky that I could. And she looked at me and she was kind of stunned. And and then I and she was like, wow, you should be a motivational speaker. Uh huh. Yeah, Brian and I are naughty. Uh huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And, and 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 then she kind of wanted to know, well, but how did you get there? Yeah. How did you break the mold of what traditionally was supposed to be, and not just accept your role and go blah blah, you know, all that other yeah. stuff? And I, that's when I realized that I that in writing my dad's book. I got this gleam and this glint that has fueled all sorts of other dreams and is his legacy of love. Amazing. Amazing stories. Thank you so much. No, no, wait, 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 wait a minute. No, no, that's not it. What are you going to write? Absolutely, right? You can do the takeover of it after you've listened to all of that, right? I mean, because Lynn and I have bared it. Did you see how fast he was going to say goodbye? I I was just like, okay, see ya. Yeah, not so quick. Yes, yes, we're done. We're moving on. No, because I think one of the things that connects us is that we're like-minded about looking for those pockets of inspiration because sometimes left on our own we don't really know but we're looking for that guidance right yeah Yeah. and i i I know that that's you brian as you're juggling lots and lots of things right yeah um um, (laughs) i i bit off a little more than i could chew with uh this year so i've been posting six of seven days um <laughs> I sort of fell into that schedule. Um I but I, I am still uh working on a novel. <laughs> I've gone back to my uh, original novel and um so I, I lost the 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 soft copy. I still have the hard copy of everything I created, but I've been <laughs> I've been transcribing it and um so it, it it's I think it's a neat story. It's just whether or not I can pull it off. Um, and, and I sort of, you can tell that this is uh, painful because I actually have to go back and explain a couple things. So I, I wrote it probably about uh, 13, 14 years ago. And, um, you know, at the time, my, you know, my kids were still in high school. And, you know, my youngest was elementary school. And there was a lot going on. And, and there are a lot of stress, mm-hmm. a lot of me sort of, you know, I was doing the, doing the corporate thing and a lot of pressure, a lot of being on the road, uh, commuting. And so I came up with this, you know, and basically I was writing at night, um, you know, or early in the morning, maybe three, four o'clock in the morning and then leaving by, by six. Um, and, and basically what it is, is, you know, it, it's a story of, uh, you know, there, there are three different people. There, there's a truck driver, there's, uh, you know, a, a, someone who's in his 40s and has a family, uh, you know, very similar to my situation at the time. You know, so he's getting ready to go into work. And then there's another car with uh, some y- young college, you know, r- relatively young uh, kids who are first year of school trying to work and, and go to school. And, you know, so the, and they're, they're, I think they're going to, uh, you know, commuting, de- going down to uh, Philadelphia or DC to go to a concert later that evening. 
But either way, there's this accident. And, you know, basically, it's got a little bit of faith element to it that it's a story of who lives, who dies. And, okay. you know, my own little version of, uh, you know, being at the gates of St. Peter and seeing your life in, in uh, rewind and, and looking at what matters, what doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, you know, so again, I probably have, I think 60,000 words. Um, and, you know, so I, I, That's I, was, at it. I yeah. was at it for a while. But the problem that the book had was it, it was a little hard explaining, you know, the, the back and forth. First off, there was a lot of back and forth and mm-hmm. probably a little too much. And, um, and also just how does it work to go back and look at your life? Like, I, I didn't really figure that out real well. Um, and then the ending. I, I, I still need to f- 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 finish the ending. So. Wow. Right now, I'm more or less going back and trying to transcribe and, you know, get it back in and figure out what I want to do with it. Where do I want to take it? Um, It's, you know, I've always known I wanted to write a book. (laughs) Um, I've always known that there's some memoir in there. Um, But, you know, I I sort of put that on hold. Um, And and really, it's not even the first story I thought of. I I wrote a story uh, that I posted, reposted uh, recently about a farmer who had, that that was real. He had a fire and and the barn. That was the first story where I'm like, wait a minute, this could actually be a really good novel. And and my wife has been after me about that one. Um, She's also been after me about how we met. We we actually met... uh, during the original Persian Gulf War, and we were writing each other. So, you know, I, I definitely have some stories. Maybe that's a memoir, but the novel, I, I definitely am trying to make some progress. But I've also given myself some grace to take my time. Okay. And um, I get an awful lot of enjoyment out of blogging um, each, day, each day. And we'll, I, I want to see where that continues to go. Maybe I let lighten up end of this year into the next and maybe not post as much and and work more on the novel but uh i, I do want to do something with it so <laughs> that's not good with me and then yeah. we're gonna turn the tables back around at you yeah. it's not good when you need uh how many minutes was that 10 minutes just to explain what no. your, your your book's about <laughs> it's sixty thousand words i mean i i remember participating in nano Rimo, right? Just because yeah. of the structure, you know, with novel yeah. writing, y- you are not challenged by productivity, my friend. Look at you. I mean, it's it's there, but it's such a story about crawling back into your your work, yeah. right? And yeah. yeah, that's wow. But sixty thousand words is is no small thing. And and in the show notes, when we should definitely include a link to the piece that Brian was just talking about related to the farmer. It was so so beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and, and I could see that, that becoming a book as well. What a story. And that was from your reporter days, right? Yeah, that was one yeah. of my first jobs as a reporter. Uh, it was an old farmer, very devoted to his wife. And you know, I got on the scene and uh, the, the farm had just, you know, a farm, farmhouse uh, up in smoke. And in a span of a few minutes right in front of me, he went from being, you know, very, you know, understandably depressed to 
okay, we're going to get through this. We're going to, you know, be, being a rock for, for his wife. Um, and, and again, there's just so many elements to that that I thought were, you know, the, that, that could be something neat. Um, now my not now I am very much a <laughs> rural country boy at heart, but that one I, I, I has always stopped me just because of you know the needing some deep knowledge of uh, farms and etc. But someday I, yeah. I definitely could see that being something. Yeah, well, I think all of that is a great example of you know back to the heart of the conversation, heart of the matter, writing from the heart yeah. with Brian, but the fact that you were compelled to tell stories that we hold within, whether it's about people or incidents or, you know, things, you know, in our world, that's what drives the writing. Right? Yeah, I, I, I think, I think it is. It, it's, it, I think it's what, why I find both of your, 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 your books so fascinating is that it's, um, it's storytelling. And, and I, again, I know you don't necessarily, you know, call yourself writers, but you are. I mean, that's, that's what great writing is, is storytelling and, and getting you opening up a part of your, your soul and sharing it with someone else. I, I find that to be, uh, it, you know, comes out deeply from both, both of your books. Thank you, Brian. <laughs> this has been so much fun. Vicki, have, have you had so much fun on a Friday afternoon before? Never. And apologies for, you know, heartfelt tears that popped up along the way. We never know what's going to happen. But, you know, the laughing, the smiling, the smirking, the the wistfulness. But, yeah, I think this is also why we write, because it's wonderful to be in a community with people yeah. that we feel we can be ourselves with and be trusted by and trusted with. It's, it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So when do I get to take over the podcast again? You know, <laughs> we're going to... What our listeners don't know, Vicki's pulling out her trusty notes because now we know I'm a note taker. I have, let me count, carry the two, add a one. I have just in our like pregame chat, listeners, I have 10 things that Brian and Wynn and I were noodling on that would make excellent, excellent podcast fodder. But you know, I, I think it, it's perfect with just the two of you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know about that, but we have fun. to say goodbye again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But no, but I think it it brings home the point that we do this because we love the feedback from people too. So we're very interested in knowing what folks want to listen to, what what is of of interest, right? But I'm grateful to both of you. Friday afternoons are better together. Yeah, absolutely. Brian, thank you so much. Vicki, amazing as always. Yep. Thank you so much. So much fun. I appreciate it. Bye. Thank you for listening. Our music is composed for sharing the heart of the matter by the exquisitely talented duo of Jack Canfora and Rob Koenig. For show notes and more great inspiration, please visit our site at sharingtheheartofthematter.com. Thank you.